Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Emer, our producer, is in to tell us about Ed Sheeran, who goes to court today. Having just finished a court case in London with Johnny McDade and uh, of Snow Patrol, who's a co-writer with him, I think about Shape of You. I think it was that day. Yeah. One of, of his you massive and, songs. Yeah, it was Shape of You. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 they won the court case. It was someone else said, "Oh, we wrote that," and like, no, they didn't, or whatever. Anyway, it was their song. But he's gone to court again. This time. With, against Marvin Gaye's estate. Yeah, well, this is the interesting thing. So the song in question is, I'm going to play for you now, Thinking Out Loud, massive hit, came out in 2014, spent a full year in the UK Top 40 and won two Grammys. When your legs don't work like they used to before And I can't sweep you off of your feet Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? Darling, I will be loving you till we're 17. What a song, that's what a romantic tune, right? What's the problem? So the issue comes down to a song called Let's Get It On from 1973, one of the biggest selling Motown songs of all time by Marvin Gaye, and also probably one of the sexiest songs that's ever been true, released. True, true. So they think when your legs don't work like they used to before. Yes. Okay, so if, this has gone to court, so there this must be something. This has been going something. on for so long. This yeah. has been going on since 2017, and actually, unlike so blurred lines, people might remember a couple of years ago, they had to uh, Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams had to pay five million dollars to the estate of Marvin Gaye for uh, copyright infringement for blurred lines. This is actually the guy who co-wrote "Let's Get It On." It's his family, whose name is also Ed. Oh. So Ed Tenzend, he died 20 years ago. He was the primary songwriter on the song. Okay. And he actually gets two-thirds of the royalties. So his estate have come out and we're like, we think that sounds very like our song. Okay. So now they've taken Ed Sheeran to court. So the whole plan is, this week will be figure out, did he actually do it? And if he did, then how much will he have to pay out? So he was in court yesterday and judges for the Tenzend estate came in. They were like, Waha! we have a smoking gun. We have a video of you performing... Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On meshed into your song Thinking Out Loud and he was like yeah pop songs yeah. are all the same you can do that so the like, same four chords yeah. pretty much in every pop song over the last yeah. 50 years so like. that was his argument he was like it's the same four he was like I do it with other songs all the time and also if I had ripped that song off do you think I'd be stupid enough to do it live <laughs> yeah, exactly. in front of 20,000 people <laughs> yeah. going hey you guys you know that I did this Yeah. so yeah so basically he said that they wrote this song themselves he said it's based on his own experiences and it comes down to that chord thing. So he's saying, actually, one of the things he's included in his evidence is a guitar textbook going, read this book. In this book, they say, if you know these four chords, you can write a song. Here's 12 other songs that I can reference off the top of my head. Yeah, not totally. Like the it, same thing. The thing is, you can't even copyright chords. We don't want to get too bogged down the legals of this. But you can, in music, you can't copyright chords because there are only 12 notes in a scale. So you can only form majors, minors, and inversions of those 12 chords. So there's only about... It's hazard to guess here at about 50 chords in the world but then the combination of melody notes is what you can copyright because that is there's an infinite possibility of that yeah so he's saying look they're building blocks they're fair game good yeah. night Irene the family are saying it's the way the chords were used in their selection and it, the arrangement of it actually is what's infringing okay. on the copyright okay. so 
It's in court at the minute. Things got a bit tense. He kind of got a bit, a bit annoyed with the judges or the lawyers on the other side yesterday when they would let him finish and he kept saying, you know, at one point he said to one of the lawyers, I feel like you don't want me to answer this question because you know what I'm going to say is going to make sense. Right. So it could be an interesting week ahead, Fred, and then we'll Certainly see what happens. Will. And the there's lots of this happened, though, throughout the years. Like, I mean, famously, the most recent one I can think of is Taylor. Yes. So Taylor Swift 2017 released Look What You Made Me Do from the album Reputation. Completely different sound. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. What a song, yeah. Still one of my favourites. Yeah. But when the album was released or the single was released, people were like, hang on a minute. Right said Fred, get a writing credit on it. But when you hear their song, I'm Too Sexy, you understand why. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Don't quite you make my shirt so sexy, it hurts. So rhythmically... And like not obviously not lyrically and not melodically, but rhythmically, it was so similar. She had to give them a writing credit. And she was smart. She did it in advance. So she yeah. contacted them and said, hey, I've written this song. When I listen to it, I, I hear I'm Too Sexy. I mean, who doesn't hear I'm Too Sexy in there all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more a deeply dippy fan myself. But um, yeah, so she went and said, I'm going to give you a writing credit. And obviously, they'll get like a portion of the royalties. Oh, the royalties, yeah. Sort of yeah. Thing. So they were absolutely... I'm sure they were, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, well... Time's biggest artist in the world. You better not do it again, or if you do, (laughs) that's okay. But also, have you heard our back catalogue? Anything else you want to We're just going to play to you while you sleep. Don't worry about it. If anything comes to mind, don't worry about it. But sometimes you can ask for permission and it won't work out in your favour. So this is one of my favourite, like when I'm in the pub and the song comes on, I'm like, here's a factoid. So The Verve, Bittersweet Symphony, one of the biggest songs that they've ever released, probably the biggest song they've ever released. Solid cracker choice. I think you and Dermot have both done that. I think oh, we have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a banker. That wins every time. Okay, so what's the crack with that song? So that song, when it came out, they contacted, they lifted a sample from a, an old, old Rolling Stones song from the 1970s called, um, the name of which completely escapes me. La- uh, the last, last Time. The Last Time. Thank you very much. So they had sampled it, if you want to have a listen here. Like they can't hide that. Like that's literally. No. I'm not trying to. And like they didn't say they try didn't, to. Yeah. To be fair, some they went and said, "Hey, can we use this song?" They asked, kind of asked the wrong person. So they asked one person, and they said, "Cool, go for it." Then they were just about to release it, and the person who owned all the stuff pre 1970, I think this is my maybe 69 or 70, was like, right. "No, no, no, that's my thing. I own that. You can't have it." And then the person they'd asked for permission initially said. Oh, actually, you're using way more of this than I thought. Oh, right. They went to Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, who wrote the song. They were like, we don't want anything to do with this. Sort it out amongst yourselves. So the deal was they could release it, but they had to give 100% of the royalties. To the two lads. To the two lads. So for the first, from whenever, 1997 onwards, they made no money from this. And Mick Jagger and Keith Richards made five million, <laughs> at least <laughs> five million in royalties. song for the verb. Oh, my but God. But it gets better. So in 2019... A couple of the people involved have passed away and the Verve were like, look, we might have to revisit this now. Mick Jagger and uh, Keith Richards came out and went, listen, this was all a bit silly, wasn't it? Like, we didn't want a part of this. Yeah. Here's your money back. Here's your songwriting credit back. What? Don't worry about it. It's all cool. They gave them the five million back? Yeah. They are like, oh. there you go. Oh. 
Oh, that is sound out of it, lads. They were like, we well, didn't want to be part of it in the first place, so you're grand. Don't worry That's about it. It's epic. over forever. Yeah. It's the five million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> they called up to the front door and rang the bell. Hi, you got your money. <laughs> okay, give us, give us more examples. Because when I was in, in Orlando there last week, I saw something uh, that was one of my favourite artists of all time. Sting was involved in one of these. Yeah, so people will know the 1997 hit... I'll be missing you by Puff Daddy and now P Diddy. I think he was Puff Daddy. That I'm like, not never sure what his name is anymore. I yeah. think he was Puff Daddy. You want to so, play that? Yeah, let's do it. Pop Duty. <laughs> obviously was the tribute to Biggie who had passed away yes um, but the Sting you kind of can't not hear no. a song in that you Bi- know it might be yeah. this song here everybody take. take the biggest selling police song of all time so what's the crack then so basically Diddy took it put in the song and didn't ask for permission what yeah foolish move Diddy uh oh so now Sting sued him and he said recently in an interview he still gets $2,000 a day. Let's have a listen. Is it true that Diddy has to pay you two grand a day because he didn't ask permission to sample every breath you take? Yeah. Wow. For the rest of his life. <laughs> wow. No, that's not <laughs> no, I read that before. That is a, well, that's wow. not true, is it? <laughs> but did he ask you for permission? Yes, he did. <laughs> After the fact. Yes, he did. Yeah. It was after. We're very good friends, though. So apparently they are still good friends, but he pays him $2,000 a day. Did he then song. tweet it saying, it's five, and then was like, no, actually, I'm joking. It's it's less than five. But obviously it's not less than two because Sting is messing. But like, in fairness to Sting, he performed with them in 1997. So he just went, came out and went, listen, lads, don't be taking my songs without asking. Yeah. Give me two grand a but day for also, the rest of your life. Don't work cool. It's also really complicated because... Sting might have written it, but who owns the publishing? And did Puffy's publishers go to their publishing? It's all big, huge companies working things out. So it's not Sting versus Puffy. No, what it's I'm seeing is the common thread. Like, you know, you look at the Verve and the Rolling Stones, and they're both like, we just want to make the song. Yeah. Stop with all Stop the legally all the stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. my last one that I thought was really interesting, and Dermot actually mentioned this in this morning, because sometimes you might think you're safe. So people will know Down Under by Men at Work. So that song was released in 1981. 2007, a copyright infringement claim comes up because of a quiz show on Australian television. What? Yeah, so 2007, there was a TV quiz show on ABC in the, in the in Australia. And the question was, what children's song is contained in the song Down Under? The answer was Kookaburra. Right. I'm not here now, I have to say. Yeah, there's so many different versions, but basically the company who owned the rights to that song, a company called Larrikin Music, started getting phone calls, emails going, did you know that? And they were like, no, we didn't know that. Sued men at work. And then it went to court and basically uh, 2009... They focus particularly on like flute recordings. They okay. lost the case and now they have to give 5% of all the royalties from that song. Weirdly from 2002 onwards to that company. 5% is not bad, is it? Specifically, 
the little that's the bit yeah cucumber things in the old oak tree so it's that little bit and I think they pretty much admitted that they had but it seemed to be the issue was that it's such an old song everyone just kind of assumed that it was fair game like happy birthday there are songs there's a strange rule as well that after I think it's a hundred years after the death or maybe eighty years after the death of the writer or whoever last held no the writer I think then it's fair game. So that's why you hear classical music used in TV ads all the time because there's no, they're not paying anybody anything. But if you want to use Kylie Minogue's music, you got to pay her loads of money. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, until the half rotting like, Beethoven <laughs> crashes through the door of the ad agency, <laughs> you are stolen my music. Dermot and Dave, weekdays from nine AM today.